You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. That's it. You're madder than a junkyard dog, and you're not going to take it anymore. Your feathers are ruffled, your dander's up, and you've got a definite bone to pick. Welcome to Pet Peeves, the show that lets you dig through the dirt and unleash your passion for pets. Why let sleeping dogs lie when you can take the bull by the horns and let the fur fly? So get your claws out and get ready to rattle some cages on Pet Peeves with your host, pet expert, and award-winning author, Amy Shojai. Hey there, and welcome to Pet Peeves on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Amy Shojai. Now, here at Pet Peeves, I've covered a variety of topics focused mostly on cats and dogs. And today, I'm diving into a new pool of information, training fish. Now, that takes me to my rant of the week. Training dogs has become big business, and you'll find books and classes touting a variety of techniques, training tools, and schools of thought. But people laughed when they heard I was training cats. Let's face it, though. Most of our companion animals need something to do to keep their minds engaged. But I have to confess, when I received information about fish school, I thought it was an elaborate internet joke. Then I viewed the videos, read the information, and I realized, hey, these folks are serious. And why not? It makes sense. We advocate enrichment for zoo animals confined to unrealistic habitats, And I know firsthand how proper interactions and a purpose in life improves the physical, emotional, and mental health for pet cats, dogs, and, well, even people. Serious dog trainers go to chicken clicking camp to practice their skills on chickens. Hey, there's a topic for another show. But if chickens can be trained, why not fish? Besides, if you don't have space for a pony, and the law says you can't keep a cougar, the parrot screams keep you awake and you're allergic to tabby, fish could float your boat. Now, I can't wait to hear what today's guest has to say about the challenges of training fish. Dr. Dean Pomerlow has a Ph.D. in computer science and robotics from Carnegie Mellon University. He and his son Kyle are also the inventors of Fish School, a training kit inspired by the desire to make pet fish more interesting pets. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back with Dr. Dean after these messages from our sponsors. Okay, time to call off the dogs. Pet Peeves will be back with more biting topics right after we kibble a little with our sponsors. Pets are part of the family, and when traveling with your dog, there's only one magazine to include when packing your doggy's duffel bag, and that's Fido-Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Each bi-monthly issue includes hotel, city and state reviews, and doggy destinations to explore with your furry companion. Fido-Friendly magazine can be found at Borders, Barnes & Noble, PetSmart, Pet Boutiques, and Fido-Friendly hotels nationwide. Or you can go online to subscribe at www.fidofriendly.com. So get traveling with your pet today and leave no dog behind. And remember, Fido Friendly's the only magazine dedicated to the travel lifestyle of man's best friend and the one magazine your dog will thank you for. (laughs) 
Ready to take a walk? Not just you, but your whole family. It's the 2008 Whisker Walk, Sunday, June 8th from 9 to 4 at the Lancaster Fairground in Lancaster, Massachusetts. Pet owners and animal lovers walk to lend a paw to benefit the animal shelters and pet charities they love. Come see exhibits, demonstrations, educational programs, special attractions, product giveaways, entertainment, auctions, raffles, food, fun, and things for adults and kids to see, do, and buy, both human and pet-related. Whisker Walk 2008, a fun day for everyone. For more information, log on to whiskerwalk.org. Thinking about buying a monkey? How about a ferret or a skunk? Then check out the show that will answer the burning questions, where do you get them? What do you feed them? How do you take care of them? And most of all, what were you thinking? With exotic pet expert and author Bob Tart, every week on demand from PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're foaming at the mouth to get back to pet peeves. So here's Amy with some more tail-tying, fur-flying fun. We're back with Pet Peeves on Pet Life Radio and speaking with Dr. Dean Pomerlo about fish school and how to train goldfish as well as why to train them. <laughs> so glad to have you, Dr. Dean. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Amy. It's a pleasure to be here. I like to always ask my guests, first question, tell us a little bit about yourself uh, so that our listeners can kind of figure out where you're coming from. What pets do you have, Dr. Dean? The pets that we have, my family and I, include uh, two guinea pigs and two goldfish at the moment. My wife what? is allergic to other pets. My kids would love to get a dog, but uh, ah. we've we've resisted mostly because of my wife's allergies, but also because dogs are a lot of work, particularly in the in Pennsylvania where it's cold in the winter, et cetera. So my wife has been very reluctant to get a dog. Well, and and probably quite rightly so, because uh, statistically, the the ladies of the house seem to end up carrying the burden for pet care in a lot of instances. So um, guinea pigs and fish then. So how, how did you come up with the idea of fish school? Well, so we advocated not getting a dog for my son and daughter, and they were somewhat disappointed to try and satisfy their, uh, their desire to have a, a pet. We bought fish as a natural, sort of as you mentioned, low-maintenance alternative to, uh, to cats or dogs. And as you might imagine, they weren't entirely satisfied. Fish are, are not as interactive as your, your normal cat or dog. So uh, we tried to one day, my son and I, figure out a way to make the fish that we had more interesting. And we thought, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we could train them to do tricks like, uh, like a dog? And we, it was a joke at first, but uh, we decided to give it a try, and, and it sort of snowballed from there. So you're actually now... If listeners are, are imagining all kinds of things, that when you say fish school and we're training fish and you think of Flipper the dolphin and, you know, coming up out of the tank and jumping through hoops or, well, I mean, for heaven's sakes, you don't have little leashes and collars for the fish, do you? No, no leashes and collars, but hoops uh, we have in, in abundance. Uh, in fact, that was uh, the first trick we trained our, our fish to do, and that is swim through a hoop. We, we actually contemplated having them jump out of the 
tank through a hoop, but uh, splashing around the living room we didn't think was the best <laughs> idea. So, so we tend to keep them under the water at all times. <laughs> we have trained them to, to swim through hoops. What exactly is fish school? It's not just an idea, but you have a whole range of instruction manuals and DVDs and equipment. And Tell our listeners, what is fish school? So let me give you a little background. So I'm an engineer and sort of an inventor uh, in my spare time, in my real job. And in fact, so part of the excitement of the project was coming up with uh, new and unique ways of and tools for training fish because, you know, you can't use your standard clicker that you use for dogs, for example. Uh, fish don't hear very well, and it's outside the tank, so that the sound doesn't carry. So we ended up uh, developing a number of different tools and techniques, uh, sort of homegrown. In fact, um, some of the components were made out of straws from Starbucks, uh, you know, <laughs> straws, and so it was rather crude, but, you know, over time, we refined them and made them more effective at allowing us to, to do the training process. And so, you know, eventually, people began to take notice. We set up a website that showed some of our progress, and uh, people started asking us, you know, we'd love to try this ourselves, and it uh, wasn't practical for us to manufacture and distribute um, the tools and techniques. So we've partnered with a company and are now selling uh, the R2 Fish School Kit. Uh, on Amazon and, and elsewhere, other uh, online uh, uh, retail outlets. So it's it's not sort of a uh, school in a, in the way that people would send their fish to us to be trained. <laughs> it's more of a a uh, kit that allows you to train at home. It's we kind of call it the homeschooling kit for fish. There you go. So can I train my koi? I mean, I've got a my this is my husband's project, mm-hmm. and he's got. Mm-hmm. Uh, seven or eight koi, and of course, one of them is is enormous. And then mm-hmm. there are some smaller ones. Are different kinds of fish more easy to train than others? Are where are koi on the Einstein scale? Um, actually, I think koi, being very closely related to uh, comet goldfish, like actually the the goldfish that that we have uh, and that is our best pupil. Uh, I haven't personally trained koi, but I, I'm fairly certain. Given some of the videos I've seen of them uh, pulling strings to feed themselves, for example, mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm pretty certain that that koi, and I'm sure that your husband knows that they come up to you when you approach, knowing that food is likely on the way. Right. So, so I think koi. I don't think koi would be much of a problem. I was reading through your your booklet here, and it mentioned that you know some fish are better at playing fetch than others. I mean, it's just like my cat will play fetch. She's a little Siamese wannabe, so, and not all cats like to do fetch. Not mm-hmm. all dogs do. So are there different species of fish or that tend to want to do certain tricks more than others? So some of it is, you know, natural behaviors. Um, you know, cichlids, for example, like to pick things up, and so fetch in that way is actually easier for cichlids than perhaps other fish. The fetch trick that we do with the goldfish is actually using uh, weighted rings that they uh, get their nose through. Uh, obviously, if, if your fish is shaped uh, in such a way, a discus, for example, might have trouble doing <laughs> fetch just because it couldn't get the, because uh, of the rounded face, get the, the ring on its, on its nose. Uh, so, so there are a bunch of different constraints. Um, betas, for example, have a tougher time because they're so small uh, with some of the more athletic 
type uh, tasks. Although in the kit we do include a very small soccer ball. I don't know if you've noticed that's intended for small fish like Beta to be able to push. Oh, um, that's what that's for. Okay. Yeah, it's not painted. It's not painted because it's so small. But there are actually three size balls. One big one that probably would work well even for your largest koi, uh, right. about an inch inch in diameter. And then there's an intermediate one that's about a third of an inch, and then a very small one that's I don't know about a fifth of an inch or something in diameter that is intended for for small fish to be able to push. There's even a football in here. Yeah, you'll notice the football has a little uh, a little stand below it, almost like you know when you kick the ball. Uh, it actually allows the football to float upright off the bottom, and so <laughs> that allows the fish to get their nose under the football and uh, nudge it along effectively, and even get it into the air or water uh, up off the floor of the tank. <laughs> So, so who needs flipper when you when you can have Goldie? I guess exactly. It's it's uh, both. We've found it's a lot of fun and a, a way to engage with uh, your children, but also a way to impress your friends. Uh, my <laughs> fish comet can uh, retrieve, can fetch better than any dog I've ever owned. So uh, <laughs> our neighbors are very impressed. Well, uh, what are some of the other tricks that fish school instructions can can train? So the first thing that uh, I think your listeners might like to learn about is sort of the stages. The first and foremost of tricks, and I wouldn't even call it a trick, but the first step in training your fish is actually training them to associate what we call the special tool called the feeding wand with uh, food reward. It, it's all about positive reinforcement and shaping, just like you know, training dogs or horses or cats or, or dolphins for that matter, uh, using a food reward. And the way the food is delivered is using this special feeding wand that's sort of like a plunger that allows you to deliver the food at the location and at the moment that your fish approximates a trick or begins to, uh, to show signs of doing the right thing. And so you basically feed the fish from this wand over several days to get them used to food coming from the tip of this wand. And uh, over time, when you put, whenever you put the wand into the tank, the fish will swim up to it. And that becomes sort of the clicker equivalent in uh, fish training. And so you can use the tip of the wand to uh, direct the fish's motion. So, for example, the first trick we typically train is uh, swimming through a hoop. And so once they've learned to follow the wand around the tank, it's very easy to lure them or lead them through the hoop. And over time, you uh, hold the wand further and further away from the hoop, but only reward them when they've actually swum through the hoop. And so they learn to associate swimming through the hoop with the, with the food reward. And it's okay. that kind of uh, process for all of the different tricks. So soccer, for example, you train them first to just uh, approach the ball that sinks to the bottom and actually rests on the playing platform that we supply with the tank or with the, with the kid. So over time, they'll, they'll start approaching the ball, and then you only give them food reward subsequently when they actually touch the ball and then move the ball, nudge it towards the goal, and then eventually you, you uh, reward them with food only when they've nudged the ball all the way into the goal. And okay. so in small steps like that, shaping allows you to, uh, to over time, uh, shape the, the fish's behavior so that he does all of these clever tricks. Right. Well, you've really kind of wet my appetite for more. So <laughs> we're going to continue our conversation with Dr. Dean after messages from these sponsors. 
Okay, time to call off the dogs. Pet Peeves will be back with more biting topics right after we kibble a little with our sponsors. Pick up something unique at a Bone to Pick dog boutique. A Bone to Pick has cool hip fashions for big and small dogs that will have their tails wagging in style. Cat products too. A-B-O-N-E-T-O-P-I-C-K.com. Check out our eco-friendly pet products and gifts for humans too. A-B-O-N-E-T-O-P-I-C-K.com. Get your pet's mouth watering monthly with our Gourmet Treat of the Month Club. And join a Bone to Pick's free birthday club for your puppy. A-B-O-N-E. Dash to dash P-I-C-K dot com. Pick up something special for your best friend at a bone to pick. A-B-O-N-E dash T-O dash P-I-C-K dot com. Get 10% off with coupon code PETLIFE. Greetings, human. What planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in paparazzi, candid pictures of you and your pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No. To my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. There's nothing like a shaggy dog, baby. They're shagatemic. And this is the place to find out how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Oh, yeah. So stop by our pad every week and get switched on, baby. Switched on to the show that's all about attitude. Oh, behave. With your groovy host, pet edutainer Arden Moore. Yeah, baby, yeah. Every week on demand on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're foaming at the mouth to get back to pet peas. So here's Amy with some more tail-tying, fur-flying fun. We're back and again speaking with Dr. Dean Pomerlo. In his real job, he says he develops software and hardware for collision warning systems for cars and commercial trucks. Specifically, these systems warn a driver if they're about to drift off the road because they're oh, falling asleep or not paying attention. And so as an engineer, he had a particular interest in creating these training tools for the Fish School Project. Now, Dr. Dean, you said you partnered with R2 Solutions. Describe some more of these training tools. I know the wand is really instrumental. What are some of the other types of uh, training tools, and what were the challenges you faced in trying to create these? Well, so, you know, some of the keys were to get the right buoyancy on some of the different parts that come in the kit, uh, the different soccer balls, making sure they roll well. One issue was we didn't initially have a, a playing field on which to do these tricks, uh, and so we, we put it put the balls and other equipment that sunk on just the gravel floor of our tank 
and it's very hard to uh, roll a ball on an uneven surface like gravel base of the tank. So we actually invented or uh, designed a uh, green field, basically, to do a lot of these tricks on. Uh, so that's another part of the kit. But we realize that a lot of people have smaller tanks. This, the, the field will fit in a 10 easily, will actually fit in a 5-gallon tank reasonably easily. But uh, for people with small tanks, we actually include in the kit a, uh, a smaller stand to which a lot of the different uh, components will attach. So some of the other components include the soccer balls that we mentioned, the uh, football, an adjustable size hoop. So the uh, one important thing is to be a really impressive trick, you need to have a small hoop that the fish can barely squeeze through. Um, <laughs> but initially that obviously intimidates the fish. So it's adjustable continuously. So you can start with a big hoop and make it smaller uh, as the, the fish is progressive. So that was a, an interesting design uh, way to make that simple and easy. Uh, the football, getting it to float upright and be easily nudged along the uh, either through the water or along the bottom of the tank. One of my favorites is limbo. Uh, so we have upright <laughs> posts and a crossbar that attaches to the platform. And again, you can adjust its height. So initially, it's sort of like a big hoop almost that the fish had already learned. So that's an easy uh, step to, to master. But then you start lowering the bar, and you see how low can your fish go. And, uh, if you look at our videos and, and the training DVD that comes with the kit, you'll see uh, Comet can actually go on his side and get under a very, very low bar. Uh, it's quite impressive, especially when, when set to the traditional limbo music. So, uh, <laughs> We like to put on shows for our friends, so it's a lot of fun. So uh, another uh, sort of common thing that you see dogs doing at shows in particular is uh, is slalom, weaving in and out of pylons. And so we include a, a set of five um, upright, upright pylons that the fish can learn to uh, maneuver between and slalom through. Sounds like a fish agility course. Yeah, exactly. That's what we've modeled it after. Uh, and the other one is... is Fetch. So we typically do that with uh, weighted ring. Uh, there's, again, different sizes, three different sizes for small, medium, and large fish that don't just sink to the bottom and lie flat, but float upright. So it serves as a target that the fish can swim up to and get his nose through. And uh, if you see the videos of Comet doing it, you can see him swimming through and getting the, uh, the ring around his nose and then bringing it up to the surface where he... Uh, where I can uh, take it off his nose and then throw it back in, very much like a dolphin doing the same sort of trick, uh, fetching in a, in a pool. It sounds fascinating, and, and I wonder, how long did it take you to, to train? Well, Comet wasn't the first fish you trained. How long was this process? What are some of the mistakes you made? What do you wish you'd known before you started on this whole thing? Okay, okay, good question. So initially, you know, we were learning as much as the fish about what it takes to train. So, it, you know, initially it took, you know, a month or so to learn even the first trick. We didn't have the right tools, et cetera. Nowadays it takes, uh, with the feeding wand, less, probably four or five days of uh, consistently using the feeding wand just during normal feeding sessions to get the fish to learn to associate the wand and to be attracted to it when you put it in the tank. So that's the first step. And then after that, for example, the hoop trick that I described takes a few sessions, probably three, three or four days of uh, one or two sessions a day, 15, 20 minutes each, to get them to consistently swim through the hoop when you put, 
put the hoop into the tank. So it's and each trick after that takes about the same, a few days to learn each new trick. Fairly quick. That does sound fairly quick. Now, I'm wondering, though, what about retention? I mean, with, with dogs and cats, you need to practice every once in a while. You can't, you know, I've talked with a lot of people who say, well, you know, he used to be able to sit on command, and, and now he doesn't really do it much anymore, but they haven't drilled with the dog in, in months either. Yeah. Do fish, yeah. you know, have a memory? Um, how long that, does yeah. their memory last? Yes, people were initially very skeptical and continue to be, for one reason, because of the myth that uh, fish and goldfish in particular have something like a three-second memory. And we've shown that that definitely is not the case. You you do need to uh, reinforce the training and and repeat it fairly regularly. I continue to train Comet, our best-trained fish, uh, twice a day, in fact, but just because I want to keep him in tip-top shape. But... um, I've gone away on vacation for a week or two at a time without any training, and uh, Comet hasn't lost a step, lost a trick. So there's definitely retention there, but with all animals, you do need to, uh, to, to repeat it and keep it in their mind, or they'll lose it eventually. I'm assuming as well that uh, some goldfish probably are, are uh, like Comet and really, really sharp, and others are dumb as a post. So. <laughs> Yes, there is variation. I, in fact, I've found more variation within a species than between species of fish. Um, we've found that uh, some goldfish, for example, are smarter than others. I have two right now. Comet is, is much smarter than, than Brainiac, who, who doesn't really live up to his name quite as well as <laughs> Comet does. Um, and, but and we've, we've found uh, cichlids to be particularly uh, adept at various uh, tricks, Oscars and... Uh, Parrot cichlids, for example, we've had great success with. Uh, in fact, one of the mistakes we made, I, I mentioned the keeping them underwater. That was, we actually didn't stick with that at the beginning and trained one of our albino Oscars to uh, rise out of the water for food and uh, feeding them from our hand. And he got a little overzealous one day when I was just walking up to the tank and actually jumped out and landed on the floor. So oh. I quickly scooped him up, and he was fine. But from then on, decided to keep all fish underwater at all times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, in my house, uh, I think the cat would absolutely uh, love it if the koi leaped out of the tank. I mean, <laughs> yes, exactly. Give me 30 seconds with him. That's all she needs. <laughs> That's all she needs. <laughs> Does um, size of the fish matter? Of course, size of the tank is important, but size of the fish. Some of these, some of these things, like my big koi, probably is not going to fit through some of these things. So the adjustable tools are such that they'll accommodate fish up to, uh, like the hoop will accommodate fish up to five inches in diameter. So uh, you know you have to have a pretty big fish to uh, right. not be able to do at least some of the tricks. On the small side, as I mentioned, some of the tricks may be a challenge because of the uh, sort of the strength involved or necessary. You know, so betas might have trouble pushing the football, for example. Yeah. But uh, we, we've sort of targeted the one inch to six inch long fish size range okay. with the tools. So. What about training more than one fish at a time? Is that going to be a problem? Because I've got my husband has a sixty-gallon tank, so I think mm-hmm. you know with seven koi in there, eight koi. That's that's a lot of of food and a lot of training. Yeah, so that we typically recommend it best to have one to three fish in the tank at a time during the training process. So, for example, um, I've had comet. Uh, 
did a few weeks of training with Comet one-on-one in a, in a separate training tank and then return him to his home tank where he can be with his friends. And from then on, it's okay. But really, during the early stages of training in particular, it's best to target one or up to three fish simultaneously. Otherwise, they start uh, competing, and uh, one fish does the trick, and then the others steal the food, and it becomes hard. <laughs> Well, I know in training dogs, sometimes at at a certain point, uh, we recommend training together because the dog, they can pattern on each other and kind of watch and see which one is getting the treat for doing what. But I think it's a little easier to control who gets the treat in those circumstances. Yes, that's one reason the feeding wand is so critical. It it is a very targeted feeding uh, technique that allows you to direct the food to one fish and not the other. So that was one of the the challenges we had at the beginning was how to selectively reward the fish that did the right thing. So you can get away with a few fish in the tank because of this uh, feeding wand that allows you to to target who who gets the goodies. But what kind of food is best? Um, So we've had success with uh, flakes, with pellets, and with uh, frozen food, you know, brine shrimp and things like that. They'll all uh, be captured in the feeding wand. Uh, and be able to be uh, targeted to the the right fish. Okay. Is the um, as with dogs and cats, sometimes the amount you don't really want to give them a, a huge amount. It's more just a taste of it. Is that mm-hmm. the same translate to fish training? I mean, if you fill them up really quickly, are they going to do the tricks if they aren't hungry? Yeah. So that's a very good point. In fact, I use the tiny size pellets, goldfish pellets to train Comet because it does involve lots of repetitions. I would normally use some medium size, but uh, by giving doling out the treats in very small amounts, uh, you can get the fish to remain engaged and do more repetitions and, and learn more quickly that way. We do have you know pretty explicit instructions. You don't want to starve your fish <laughs> if right. they don't do the trick. So so you know we do recommend, particularly early in training, having uh, additional feedings rather than just feeding them during the training session. You've been doing this for how long now? Uh, two, two and a half years now. What would you tell folks, what are the benefits of, of training your fish? Well, so I think you alluded to it at the beginning where it becomes a much more enjoyable for, for the trainer to keep fish. But I think it also enriches the environment of the fish and allows them a much more rewarding life in a in what might otherwise be a, a fairly uh, stagnant and boring uh, existence. So, you know, I, I see a lot more enthusiasm now from my fish just all the time now that we uh, train them and give them something to, to think about and look forward to. This is fascinating. I haven't had a chance yet, but I, I need to to start training my koi and see and see yeah. uh, I think Lucy might be a good candidate. Lucy is is white and has a red head. So she seems to be kind of a mover and shaker in the koi community. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> where else can folks find your book and the kit? I know you mentioned Amazon, but uh, you have a website as well. What, yeah, please? so I would I would say we have several online uh, sources, but the place to go to find out more is to go to our website r2 R, the letter R, 2, the number 2, fishschool.com. And you can see a bunch of videos of our fish in action as well as learn, uh, learn the history and the background of uh, what we've done and also find out where to purchase for yourself. 
Great. And uh, we will make sure that uh, our guest page has all that information as well. So I am just delighted that uh, Dr. Dean Pomerleau has taken the time to enrich our lives with Fish School. And we are out of time, but I would like to thank our guest and the producers for making Pet Peeves possible. I dare you to join me next week for Pet Peeves on Pet Life Radio for the next installment of What Hisses You Off. Email me suggestions or post a note to my blog by dialing up PetLifeRadio.com and clicking on the Pet Peeves logo. You can get transcripts that way, too. So keep swimming upstream until next time. Think outside the box or outside the tank. And inside the fish tank, it might just net you some unexpected rewards and keep your scaly fish friends from getting peeved. That's it. You're madder than a junkyard dog, and you're not going to take it anymore. Your feathers are ruffled, your dander is up, and you've got a definite bone to pick. Join us each week on Pet Peeves, the show that lets you dig through the dirt and unleash your passion for pets. Your host, pet expert and award-winning author, Amy Shojai, will talk about what makes you howl and what hisses you off. Pet Peeves, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.